Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the mental health podcast that's changing the discussion one voice at a time. Featuring guests that will help end the stigma and keep talking mental health. And now, here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Hey, good morning, and welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We are so happy that you decided to spend an hour on your Saturday listening to us on our humble little show. Or whenever it is that you decide to listen to it. That Then, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you join us no matter what time of day or night. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for being with us. Uh, welcome. We are very excited today. Yes. It is our 100th episode. Woohoo! It's, it's a good day. It's a good day for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, there's a, a feeling of satisfaction in that. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a landmark. Mm-hmm. As I yawn, it's yeah. a landmark. It really is. You know, there's you, know, you think about it. You look at some of the uh, popular TV shows over the last, I don't know, history of television, mm-hmm. and it, they always make a big deal about it being the hundredth episode or the two hundredth episode or yeah. the, what have you. And well, you have a right to if you you know you've been on, you know, trying week after week after week to get get listeners and or mm-hmm. viewers, and you know putting out the best stuff that you can possibly put out and you know you have a right to to celebrate it in my yep. opinion yep and we couldn't have done it without you guys so That's for sure thank you so much for for listening to us for tolerating my uh terrible jokes <laughs> um <laughs> and that goes doubly for my wife who has had to tolerate my terrible jokes for almost 19 years yep. um, and still continues to love me. So, <laughs> hey, how about that, guys? Um, it is possible. You can find love no matter how terrible your jokes are. That's right. So there's there's hope yet for people. <laughs> anyway, um, we also couldn't have done it without our awesome and faithful and beautiful producer Scott. Yep. Um, we love you more than words can say, and we are so happy to have you in our lives, uh, show or no show. You're an awesome friend, and we love you. Yeah, for sure. So, and after after the experiences that we encountered when we put out the first version version of our show, mm-hmm. um, having someone like Scott, you know, available to us and working with us and, you know, make, putting confidence back for me. I know when everything kind of fell apart the first time around, I lost a lot of confidence and I had trouble with, you know, trust issues and and things like that. And he made it so easy and had still makes it, very easy for us and um you know we just we really appreciate it and thank you to all of our guests you know we've had so many guests that 
have come on for multiple times, like our guest today. Mm-hmm. Yep. This will be her her third uh, run on our show, which we're excited about because we always have a great conversation with her. And she's just so. She is so stinking cute. She's awesome. We love her to death. We do, and we can't wait to talk to her and see how life is going for her. And uh, you know, so we're we're gonna get to that in a minute. Um, but uh, yeah, just so. You know, the the big thing is is that we're we're grateful. We're grateful to you, our listeners. We're grateful to Scott. We're grateful to uh, all the guests that we've had over the years. And um, you know, let's uh, keep this going as long as we can. I said as she took a drink as of her she, water. As I <laughs> water and <laughs> can't respond. Sorry, honey. <laughs> That said, would you like to introduce our guest, babe? Sure, I would love to introduce our guest. Okay. She's a a great friend to start off with. Just an amazing, amazing friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really supportive of us and our show and everything that we do in the mental health community, especially on Twitter. Um, and like I said before, we've had her on a couple of times and... Uh, I couldn't think of anybody better to have for our 100th episode. And she is a author, mm-hmm. a blogger, mm-hmm. and an outstanding mental health advocate. And a podcaster. Oh, yes. And she does have a podcast now. I almost forgot about that. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, and so we're we're super excited to see what's going on with her today. So please welcome to the show, Annalie Roberts. Oh my God! Hi. Hi. <laughs> How That's are you? The nicest introduction ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. You know, yeah, we, it's all true. With every every word of it, and you know, we love you, and we're happy that you're with us, especially on our hundredth episode. So that so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's such such a huge milestone. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so, can't believe yeah, that. That's a hundred, like, conversations about mental health that have been broadcast, right? So that's, yeah. you must have affected so much change. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I hope too. it's been positive. Uh, that's, that's certainly our goal is uh, trying to expand the conversation and shed light on all the different uh, uh, things that people experience on this journey called mental health. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and you've been part of it absolutely the uh-huh. whole time. And, uh, you know, we're we're pretty, we're pretty keen on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Very grateful. So. Well, Do you have any questions? For... Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, dear. You have any questions for us before we get to grilling? I'd just like to. How does it feel to get to 100 episodes? It must feel pretty exciting. There's two parts to it for me. I'll be, uh, you know, I'm completely honest. There is the exciting part where I'm just like, wow, I can't, I can't even believe that that we've gotten this far. This is amazing. Look at how far we've come. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other part of me that's thinking we could be at a lot more than a hundred episodes if 
you know, life didn't get in the way so damn much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, there's no, but, that. You but, know, yeah. Yeah. Family stuff and headache stuff and. Family headache stuff. Yeah. <laughs> illnesses and everything that have prevented us from doing the show on certain days. And yeah. So, you know, we, but even considering all that, you know, again, we're, we're grateful that, that we've gotten to this point. You know? um, it took a lot of work, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and it's, um, I don't know, it feels good. Yeah. That's really all I can say. It, it it feels good that everything is paid off. Yeah, it's like we've, you know, developed our voice and found it, and we have it, and we get to share it with everybody. And and yeah, it's uh, I feel warm and fuzzy right now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Are I you? Fuzzy? I think it's amazing. Do you feel warm and fuzzy? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so that said, uh, we're going to jump into our questions. Yeah, go ahead and jump on in. Yeah, so uh, our first question is not our normal first question because... We've you know, asked you that before. A couple, a couple <laughs> times already. Yeah. <laughs> So instead, we're going to ask, how have you been lately? How are you faring during this COVID-19 business? Mm. It's been very up and down, I would say, like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, some things haven't really changed for me. I live with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. So mm-hmm. the leaving the house to go to social occasions and things, was never really something I was doing very easily anyway, so I haven't seen a big difference there. And I work from home, so again, not really a big difference there. But I think for me, it's been we've we're under a lockdown here in the UK, um, so mm-hmm. for me, the stress has come from a combination of uh, not being able to walk the dogs as much as I would like and get into open spaces as much as I would like would like to, um, but also the fear kind of health anxiety of what if I get it what if someone I love gets it and and feeling kind of um, just generally grieving for the people in the world who are losing their loved ones mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah I, I so definitely get that mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah it's hard you know it's it's devastating we uh, I watched a thing this morning as I uh, ate my cereal and it said that uh, the U.S. is up to 76,000 deaths. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I really wish more people would take it seriously because we've, I don't know if you've seen, if they featured it on the BBC with you guys or not, but over here, we're, you know, we've had people protesting and wanting everything to get opened back up, and, and it's just, it's not safe. Mm-hmm. And I think, I still think yeah. we're doing it all too soon yeah you know there we have a a stay-at-home order and that's in effect until the end of the month um but i people are still going back to work and Mm -hmm. places are opening again and you know while i i completely 100 percent understand that they they need the money and 
you know, the businesses are, are in trouble because they haven't been able to be open and, and things like that. I still think that it's just too early to yeah. be to be opening anything. And, and maybe I can say that because you've been working the whole time and still getting a paycheck. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. still been just, you know, tense. You know, I'm, I'm freaked out every day about bringing, you know, bringing this home and, you know, being a carrier. And even if it doesn't affect me, you know, maybe it hits Beck or maybe it hits, you know, our niece or her baby. And I would be mm-hmm. devastated if I, if I got any of them sick, you know? And so I'm, I'm hypervigilant about that. I'm constantly using hand sanitizer and every business I go into, I'm wearing a mask and everywhere I go, I'm wearing a mask before I go into the place, you know, regardless of what it is. Um, People are pretty much wearing masks for everything. Yeah. Right now, you know, just to go into stores, which is, is great. I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But it's still, you know, it's still nerve wracking, you know, and, and I don't know. I, I just, I, if I give it too much thought, I get, angry over yeah. you know over the 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 stupidity that we are seeing out there you know yeah so mm-hmm. um but it's you know it's it's nice that for you you know there are some things that that haven't been affected too much like from home you know which that's mm-hmm. cool you know that that's good you know you're not having to interact face to face with all these people uh you know, because I tell you what, yesterday was way too peopley for me, and I couldn't wait to get home. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just, it, it, you just reached a point. I reached a point anyway. So, oh, it's good that, that you're that you're pulling up for the most part. Um, I, I, I'm with you, though. I, I'm yeah. not normally a, a person that goes out, you know, a lot. Yeah. I, I you know, if I'm going to go to an appointment... Joe's usually with me. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been in the house this entire time, and it's, it hasn't seemed that different <laughs> from, <laughs> from regular life. Um, yeah. Except that, except that on really nice days when it would be really great to be able to go and maybe go to a park and get my camera out and take some pictures and whatnot. Can't do any of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's, you know, that's not the end of the world for me. It's it just, I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's funny so much. Beck mentioned to me the other day. She's like, <clears throat> you know, it's funny when when you can leave the house and you just don't want to. It's one thing, but when you're told you can't leave the house, all of a sudden you want to leave the house. Yeah. You know, and it's like, mm, ah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah. It is. It is. I've been I've been kind of torn though because I've also found the pressure to not go to social occasions. That being lifted has um has definitely helped me in a way. You know, not that there's you know I don't think really think there's a good side to this. This is all awful, but the yeah. that pressure has been one less pressure on me just with my recovery in general. Um, and also. I'm I'm still waiting to hear if my um if my abuser will be prosecuted and 
you know, obviously that's a horrible thing to have to wait and find out about while they investigate and things. But I know that it's unlikely to move forward while we're in a lockdown and that most historical cases are kind of on a back burner and they're just dealing mm. with what comes up on, as and when here, which means that I can kind of, okay, park that. I don't need to worry I'm going to get a call or, you know, anything like that. Um, yeah. So there has been some some temporary relief for other problems for me, but I would I would swap back to before this in a heartbeat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. It's, you know, you get those uncomfortable situations, and we've got uh, an uncomfortable situation in, in our background, too, that we're sooner or later going to have to deal with. Uh, I don't want to really get into too much of it it's here. A legal issue. Neither of us is in trouble. Yeah. But yeah. It's, nothing like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a there's a lawsuit situation that is kind mm. of beating down on us. Yeah. So the mm. fact that this has all been going on kind of put that whole situation on hold too. Which is actually a huge relief for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it's um it's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> We'll explain it off the air. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, listeners, you don't get to know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's you know when you've got stuff like that pending and you know it's down the road, uh, it can be uh, definitely a, a extra added point of stress. And mm-hmm. knowing that right now nothing can be done about it because you know the courts are on hold and everything else is on hold. Um, that does give you a little bit of a of a respite, you know, and and that's good. Absolutely. So, you have a new book coming out, and we love I the do. title. <laughs> <laughs> Would you please tell us what it's called and talk about it? Sure. So my book is called "Don't Be a Dick." I love um, that. A very snappy, snappy title that my grandparents <laughs> weren't most thrilled with. Um, my first book and. They were like, you had to swear, didn't you? Um, But (laughs) it's a collection of personal essays. I like to call them philosophical essays, but I'm not sure I'm really qualified to say that. Um, But they're basically about tolerance and kindness and acceptance and self-care and just just how to go about your life without harming other people as much as you, you know, can possibly avoid it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds like a good read, you know. Where where are you at in the the production stages? I know that you were taking pre-orders for it. Where are yeah, you so at with it release? I'm having it published by a um a UK-based publisher called Unbound, and they work as a crowd for crowdfunding platform only. Mm-hmm. So, they're a bit different to traditional publishers in that you pitch them an idea and they read your manuscript or whatever stage you've got it at um and then they put it to your audience or you put it to your audience via their platform and people then pre-order it and the pre-order funds the first print run if that makes sense so mm-hmm. um and then marketing and all the work they'll put into it so they produce the book and they they you know get it into places like amazon and waterstones and um the big bookstores are here in the uk um, and I think in America some as well, but they do all of that for you, but not until you've had it funded. So I'm at kind of 44 or 45% funding at the minute. 
which, you know, I'm quite proud of considering I've had such a tough time since I started the crowdfunder. Um, yeah. And I must say that for somebody with anxiety, crowdfunding is really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, I, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but that's good. And, uh, you know, hopefully our, our listeners can get behind you too and uh, get some pre-orders going and uh, get you, you know, farther farther along than than 45 percent yeah we'll we'll put out your um social media links at the end of the show so that uh, people can find you and hopefully back you that would be amazing thank you so what made you um decide to write a book yeah um i've always I've always expressed myself through writing um, at one of my main forms of ex- self-expression. And I have, re- I have like started writing so many fictional books and things um, throughout my life, you know, started writing something and then got distracted halfway through by a better idea, etc. And I think since I started my blog, I found it a lot easier to write persuasive essays and things because I can deal with a topic really get into it, but then move on from it, if that makes sense, rather than having to write a whole book mm-hmm. on one thing. I really enjoyed this kind of, um, this style of writing. It's almost like lots of blog posts in one book. But I also have found myself, I don't know, reading more nonfiction. I re- since, since I've suffered with my mental health, I have read many more autobiographies and self-help books and comedy books all written from from the perspective of the author but not intended as fiction you know just just mm-hmm. general meanderings mm-hmm. of the soul and things um, and <laughs> I, I find it much easier to connect with real people now than fictional characters like when I was younger it was the complete opposite and I wanted to I guess, put something back into the world that maybe was my take on a lot of things. It covers some, you know, some pretty heavy topics and some very lighthearted ones. Um, So there's chapters on things like consent and uh, racism and tolerance, but there's also chapters on things like not mocking people's taste in music and um, not sending dick pics and things. You know, there's a big, uh, there's a broad (laughs) spectrum of, (laughs) <laughs> different things and they're all kind of framed in quite a nice funny light-hearted way that I think gives the reader what I've tried to do is give the reader um, a standpoint to argue against those really annoying relatives from you know providing them answers before the questions have even been asked if that makes sense Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and re- really really quick, I, I gotta say to all of our male listeners, if you are talking with somebody and you think it's ever a, a good idea to send a dick pic, it's not. Just no. don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you think, Oh, she'd really like to get this. No, she <laughs> she really wouldn't. Um just yeah, no, don't. Don't. Most women don't even want one when they've been in a relationship with you. Yes. Exactly. They, no. they can, they, it, it's all right. I'll pass. Yeah. yeah. That, that's just on a, a side note. That was my only uh, association to Snapchat. 
was <laughs> I was literally on, and Joe was sitting next to me. I yep. signed up for it, and within two minutes received an unsolicited dick pic. Uh, <laughs> got That's myself awful. off there and, and yeah. have never gotten back on again. Yeah. And somebody told me something about I hadn't made my my profile private or something like that, and I was only on there for two minutes. I didn't. I didn't yeah, know. you didn't have time to put it private. <laughs> yeah. Horrendous. Oh, yeah, yeah it's the, terrible. Are they, so, gosh, yeah. what are so, they yeah, saying? The, uh, I'm assuming they think that you're a doctor or something. <laughs> Let's yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, no, it, there's there. I haven't met a woman yet that's like yes, please send me one. So, you know, just a little PSA out there for for all the guys. Uh, yeah, don't just don't 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 do don't, it. Don't do that. Please don't. Um, it would be amazing to respond to all of the dick pics that you ever get. If you ever get sent a dick pic, just respond with a diagnosis. That's a great <laughs> idea. That's great. You know, or uh, why is it so small? You know, that's always that that that'll shut a guy down real quick too. Um, yeah, it can turn on you. Oh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at it. Oh. <laughs> Why is it that? Oh, what? Okay, oh. now you're going too far. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that one. Sorry if you threw up in your mouth a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, that might be a, a good spot to reset. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we're gonna take a break. <laughs> um, you guys listen to, to Soldier and uh, by Billy Billy Gilman, uh, his song Soldier, and maybe go brush your teeth too. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of this. Thanks. Love is in battle. We build this tower, this tower of Babel, the sabers may rattle. I'm only fighting for you You're my obsession, my love and my rival This song is a lesson, these words are survival And I'm never letting you go I'ma keep fighting Betraying, so baby, stop playing. Cause I won't be waving the white. If you're not gonna walk it, then baby, don't talk it. Your words are like bullets, but I'm wearing armor and I'm never letting you go. I'ma keep fighting. I'll be standing right here in the mess that we made Cause I'm never gonna, no, I'm never gonna let you go 
some battles are won and some battles are lost But you live with the pain cause there's always a cost But I'm never gonna, no I'm never gonna let you go Cause baby I'm a soldier, soldier Baby I'm a soldier, soldier Baby I'm a soldier, soldier Baby I'm a soldier I'ma keep fighting Back to Voices for Change 2.0. I'm Joe. The beautiful, wonderful, lovely woman next to me is my domestic life partner, Rebecca. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on the line, joining us for our hundredth. That that's right, our hundredth episode is the beautiful, lovely, and talented Miss Annalee Roberts, all the way from the UK. Hi, Lee. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Great. So, uh, like we said before the break, we're going to reset a little bit here. And uh, you also have a podcast called How Are You Really? How did you come by that name? And what do you what do you feature on your show? <laughs> and how did you how did you come up with the name? Well, the name came pretty. Um, organically to me because I want to I've um I've had various podcasts about mental health and this is actually a rebrand of my mental health podcast um but mostly I wanted to kind of normalize the way we ask people how how are you where we actually ask them and want a sincere answer you know take the time mm-hmm. to listen to the answer rather than just ask as a kind of token polite question um, and mm. discourage re- really people from going to that kind of default. Um, oh, I'm fine. Answer because one, I don't think people really use the word fine <laughs> to mean fine. And yeah. two, I think that you know, I don't think it, it's very conducive to us opening up about our mental health, which is what I'm trying to encourage, and I know you are as well. So, how are you really is called that because. You know, the idea being that if you ask, how are you, and you get a very um, kind of stock answer to ask, you know, oh, how are you really? Are you really doing okay? Is that is that, is that that real? So mm-hmm. I try and push for deeper conversations about how we're coping and how we're doing, and that's what I try to do on the podcast. So, And I had Rebecca on, and she was great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I always get so nervous about my, I don't know why I, I do this show, you know, virtually every weekend, but when I'm going to go on to somebody else's show, I get very, very nervous and worried about stumbling over my words. And It's a control issue. 
Yeah. <laughs> you think so? I, I actually do, yeah, because, you know, this is our show, so we're the ones asking the questions and doing the research and all that. And, uh, you know, when you're on another person's show, you don't know what they're going to ask. And, yeah. you know, unless they've given you the questions ahead of time. And, you know, so, yeah, so then, you know, in, in your own setting, you can kind of govern what you say, but. You know, someone catches you from from left field with a question. You're like, oh, uh, 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 you know. So that's that's my uh, two cent opinion on it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, but that's cool. Do you have guests on the show besides my lovely wife? Uh, like, who do you, uh, who yeah, do you usually a- talk to? Is it other? I have a guest every time I do an episode, which in theory is every week, but I'm yet to release two consecutive ones on the same day (laughs) (laughs) of following weeks. Um, But, you know, I completely empathize with you when you were talking about um, family and illness and headaches and things getting in the way. But I think, you know, it's important for us to put our own health first, and that's as much of an example of a good mental health advocate as anything else really, isn't it? Because yeah. the whole yeah. point is that you're just as sick when you're, you know, mentally ill as when you're physically ill and you need to take care of your health just as, you know, urgently, I think. So exactly. I just as, yeah, as I... now, just casually putting out episodes when I feel up to it and I don't get paid for my podcast so I'm, um, you know, I prioritize the things that will bring me an income first because it's not easy as a freelancer, especially right now. Um, yeah. And then after after I've kind of made my bills and I'm feeling I've got enough self-care and enough energy, then I might put out an episode. So it's very hit and miss at the minute, but I'm enjoying it. And so are the listeners that I have. So that's what matters really, I guess. Yeah, it's good that you're actually taking the time and prioritizing because, you know, there's a lot of people that don't, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. I see it every day, and it's it's hard, certainly in my job. You know, I've had days where I could really use a mental health day. You know, you're just, you're not, you're not feeling it. You're not in the right frame of mind. Uh, and I know for, for me with my work, there's just, there's no way. You know, I whether I'm having a, a good day or a bad day, I have to suck it up and go into work and put a fake smile on my face and do the best I can to get through. Um, and it's funny because with things being the way they are right now and some of the changes that have been made, especially to, to – my job in particular with respects to dealing with the public, you know, the whole mandate from our corporate was to get us in and out of customers as fast as possible. And, you know, to that end, you know, my days were usually 12, 13 hour days and now I'm getting back and getting home after like six, seven hours. And which is nice, you know, it's, it's, you know, in spite of the stress, it's helped me with my mental health because now I know I'm not out there as much um, to have to worry about bringing it home, you know. But, yeah, it's 
it's a thing where I think it it needs to be taken into account that you know just like you you might get a cold or get the flu or something and you're feeling terrible and you're throwing up and you're whatever uh, that you have to stay home from work you know being able to have a mental health sick day I think is just as important mm-hmm. you know I think that's Absolutely. something that more more employers should really start to look at and, and recognize you know yeah I would agree with you there babe. yeah so um so you got we've got exciting news for from you um mm-hmm. you got engaged a little while ago congratulations so, yes, yeah. congratulations from both Thank of you. us Thank so you. we are very very happy for you mm-hmm. um how is uh how is everything going with that are you making plans for the for the wedding and are you having to put a lot of that on hold well, we had already planned our wedding um, for New Year's Eve this year. We wanted to get yeah. married quite quickly. Not, I mean, it's not super quick. It'll be about a year from when we got engaged. Um, but we yeah. didn't want to be engaged for years and years. Um, just because, I guess, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I don't know what I'm even starting to explain. I don't know. It just felt right for us Um engage and then get married. So we booked everything for... New Year's Eve, but then we've got this coronavirus kind of hanging over us, and luckily we were able to put down a very small deposit, so if we can't go ahead with it, we don't lose too much money, but it's still a concern mm. as to whether yeah, we'll definitely. be able to celebrate. I think by then we will be able to get married, um, and we have said that we would still marry even if we did it privately and then celebrated maybe the year after um but it would be nice to celebrate with our family and friends yeah yeah that's that's a good plan yeah and hope hopefully by that time things will have opened up and expanded enough that that you'll be able to do that without a hitch you know there you know we'll be able to have social gatherings again yeah more than five people in a room <laughs> yeah yeah, that would make a for a really awkward uh reception for sure. <laughs> so so is this hampering um, it's not like just about sorry, sorry, um James no. I was just gonna say like it's also that even when we're allowed to have social gatherings, um my mother in law to be has uh, has cancer, so mm. we don't wanna start our married life by exposing vulnerable people. We have other vulnerable guests as well, um yeah. to you know, COVID. So it's it's so difficult because I think the same as your government, our government has been pretty relaxed about it. So I can't, you know, we can't necessarily trust that when they say, oh, it's okay to go ahead, that we can do that in good conscience, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're we're dealing we're dealing with a lot of stupidity in this country. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but yeah, you know, the one nice thing, and I, I don't know if you guys have a similar thing o- over there, but you know, with with us, with our states, you know, we've got governors for each state, and they're the ones that have really kind of taken the lead in all this, and you know, instituting stay-at-home orders and you know, different things like that, uh, trying to get 
you know, PPE and ventilators and all that into the state. And our governors have really stepped up. And our, our governor in particular has been a, a huge thorn in the side of Trump, which is, I think, awesome. But that's just yeah, me personally. You know, yeah. So um, is this getting in the way of you being able to handle some of the ancillary, I shouldn't say ancillary, but some of the stuff going along with the wedding, like going and getting your dress picked out and everything? Um. Yeah, dress is completely on hold. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it, it is. It is affecting things. We're having quite a relaxed wedding in general. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine it's far worse for brides who have, you know, like a big white dress planned and, you know, the whole shebang. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I just want – we just – we're having a small ceremony and then just a party with a family and friends, a New Year's Eve party. Um, hmm. We figured it's one of those nights where people want something to do, but a lot of the time people go out and it can be a bit of a letdown or, you know, an anticlimax. And we thought, well, it might, it, surely it will make for a good party to count down and then start a year together married and things like that. Um, it's made hmm. honeymoon very complex concept for us. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, mo- I'm getting advice from so many different people on whether or not we should even go on honeymoon and all this stuff yeah. and we haven't actually ever been on a holiday together um we you know we've been everything's been kind of quite difficult for me um emotionally and quite difficult for both of us financially since we got together so mm. we've been kind of putting all our eggs into our honeymoon kind of basket <laughs> and the place we want to go is Orlando, Florida, which is one of my favorite places in the world. I've got wonderful memories there um, Mm. from my whole life. And so has he separately. We've not been together. And so that's where we want to go. But of course, America, um, (laughs) you know what you're dealing with over there right now. And we just don't know if it's going to be safe. So it's really difficult. Um, We finally made the I'm sorry. Decision to uh, <laughs> thank you. We finally made the decision to book, and so what we did is we booked with. Um, we ended up going with a company who allow for up until your wedding day for you to be able to change your honeymoon dates up until then because of the coronavirus at the minute. So we're just kind of. Mm. I guess we're just going to see nearer the time whether we can go, and if not, we'll have to push it back. Yeah. Well, that's smart though. You know, I mean, it's, it's really hard trying to plan anything, especially now when we're all in the throes of this ridiculousness, but, um, you know, uh, you picked a good spot, you know, Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing Beck and I have, have yet to do is, is go down there, uh, certainly together. And, um, you know, now that they've got anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge, huge star Wars geek. And I'm chomping at the bit to go to that uh, Galaxy's Edge thing they've got at uh, Disney. Yeah. You know that was. You know I've I've had friends that have gone and I've seen their pictures and it just looks awesome. I just want to go on the Millennium Falcon. That's all. I don't ask <laughs> for much. But uh, but it looks really cool. So you know I'm I'm hoping you guys will be able to get down there and who knows maybe your your 
return flight to England has a layover in Detroit. <laughs> who, who knows? That would be so much fun. That would be so much fun. <laughs> oh, maybe you could go to Galaxy yet. Zach, get it done when we go. Um, I would I would love that, but it's going to take us winning a whole lot of money first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the the financial struggles that you mentioned, yeah, you're not alone. No, not at all. No. <laughs> so, yeah, we – I don't know if we ever actually told you, but when we got married, it was a very small ceremony, and um, which is what we wanted, and not to mention what we could afford. Um, but – we didn't actually get to take our honeymoon, an actual official us going away somewhere for a week until about five years after we got married. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. So we went to Vegas for that, which was. Which is oh, one of our sense. favorite places. Yeah. So we that was, there. that was pretty awesome. Yeah. We've actually talked about retiring there and stuff, but. You know, that remains to be seen. So, I have a question for you. <laughs> Which is sort of the point of the whole show, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> you have a Patreon page. I do. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. Would you please explain to me what exactly a Patreon is and how you can benefit from it? Sure. So, um Patreon is a platform where you can support uh, all kinds of people, really. For me personally, it's my art, but you get um, YouTubers who have a Patreon or podcasts quite often have a Patreon, and um, people who support you and want exclusive content that nobody else can get access to will choose to pledge anything from $1 upwards. You can set tiers or you can let people decide. There's so many different options. I've got a few tiers that start at uh, a pound, which is just a little bit more than a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get exclusive content from you every week or every month. And some people ship products. I ship some paintings out for certain tiers and things. And mm-hmm. I guess what it, what it, why it's good for both sides is for me personally, my I've just launched my Patreon and I think I've got 11 um, people pledged to it. I've got a little oh. bit of income that's guaranteed every month, so I know, okay, this is they they're going to pay this every month, so I know I've got this baseline of X amount that is going to go towards my bills, and then you can kind of budget a bit better as a kind of content creator or an artist or a writer, and they get to know that they're helping you continue to create as well um, while also getting little gifts and things. So it's quite it's quite a nice way to connect deeper with your audience or those of your audience who want to support you financially. That's really cool. You know, mm-hmm. that sounds kind of like the concept back in, I don't know if it's Renaissance days or, or what, but, you know, painters would have patrons and, Composers would have patrons and these, you know, back in those days, it would be, you know, really rich folk uh, paying these different styles of artists to produce works and and whatnot. And uh, so it's kind of like a modern day version of that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I imagine that's probably where it comes from. Yeah. 
that's really cool. Well, thanks for explaining that because, you know, I'm old. So <laughs> I knew it was a monthly, a monthly gift thing because I, I subscribed to to one. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, a thing called Rift Tracks, but they're. Um, uh, I am. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, they you know they're a comedy show basically, and they did a Patreon thing, and you were able to donate three dollars a month so i said well what the heck even if i don't follow up on all these things that they're offering you know three dollars a month isn't going to kill me you know so i i wanted to help them because they're so amazing but um can can uh, uh, us in in the united states can we sign up for yours as well uh yeah yeah it's completely oh, okay. international. It's just that you set the currency for the country that you live in. Um, mm, but yeah, okay. it's all it's it's all the same. It's, I think it's actually an American company. So when I um, signed up, I had to you know do fill out all these you know tax forms and stuff like that to say that I'm not paying tax in the U.S. Um, mm. So yeah, basically, <laughs> um, I think anyone okay. globally can. Cool. Well, maybe, maybe we need to look into that for our show. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It yeah, would be definitely. a great idea for your show. So we're uh, we're winding down, but I got uh, I got a question for you here. You know, we we love your artwork. Uh, do you have any long term goals for it, or is it a form of therapy for you, or both? And when I say long term goals, I mean like. Uh, you know, putting out a, a book that features your artwork, something like that. Um, well, it is definitely a form of therapy. Um, mm. I was quite interested in art as a child, but as an adult, I've only been doing it since I've had PTSD um, okay. as a way to get my emotions out and also a mindfulness technique, I guess, a way to really focus on something outside of how I'm feeling. Um, so in that sense, I would say it's like a therapy for me, definitely. <laughs> My goal is actually, you know, I didn't ever, I always associated myself with writing and words and clearly I've got a book coming out and things, but um, I didn't really realize I would fall back into art and want to do it so much. And since doing it, I want to explore it more and more. And I think my my goal with art would be, eventually I would really like it to be a muralist. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you become qualified, but I basically would just love <laughs> to go into people's homes and just paint on their walls as if they're a big canvas, you know, things like nurseries and things. Oh, that would oh, be my kind of dream. Yeah, knowing really that cool. I've, yeah, it would be it would be, wouldn't it, to know that I've kind of made a piece of art that's in that house and you know, it could be painted over at any moment. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but in the meantime, you know, yes, people driving by, there's an Annalie Roberts in that house. <laughs> yeah. That'd be pretty really cool. Exciting. So the show's winding down, uh, but we wanna know what's next for you. What's next for me? It's yeah. really difficult 
to answer those kind of questions. I think um, I came up against that kind of thing recently, applying for a job, and someone asked me, um, you know, where do you want to be in five years? I applied for a work-from-home kind of job, and I thought about it, and it's a really difficult question to answer sincerely on a job application because, honestly, I just want to be alive and be able to afford to live and to be continuing on my recovery journey. Uh, with mental health and that isn't just work-wise that's kind of holistic I want to be happy and healthy and anything really goes for me outside of that I don't feel um, any pressing need to achieve certain things and that's quite freeing I think um, for me because I've always been a goals-oriented person but my goals are all quite uh, wishy-washy and hard to measure and if I'm feeling good then that's good enough for me at the minute and I'm really really fortunate that my partner is um, more than happy for me to continue to pursue art and um, to continue to you know take my recovery at my own pace as long as we can afford to live he's happy to fund that life um, and obviously I contribute what I can. Um, so I'm very fortunate that he's not somebody who wants this massive house and, you know, um, dream holidays every year and stuff. And the most important thing to both of us is each other. So I yeah. guess mm-hmm. very similar to you two in that sense. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, yeah, that and, is very similar to us. And we're we're so happy that you found that, really. Yeah. We, we really are, kid. Okay. All right, so yeah, you two were inspired me so much. Oh, thank <laughs> oh, you. Thanks. <laughs> we have to uh, wind up the the show now. Mm-hmm. We unfortunately have come to the end of the line for our one hundredth episode. Woo-hoo! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's in the books. So yep. we thank you very very much for coming on. But before you leave us. Would you mind uh, telling everyone what your social media handles are so that they can find you online if they would like to? Uh, Yeah, I think the best place to find me is my Twitter account, which is at Pigletish, which is P-I-G-L-E-T-I-S-H. Okay. Okay. Um, what, What does that mean anyway? What, what, where did that come from? Um, so the Winnie the Pooh character Piglet, I really okay. identify my anxiety with him. Um, oh. I have done since I was a child. So okay. I just All right. that kind of Piglet-ish. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, it's cute. I just wanted to ask you that. I assumed it had something to do with Winnie the Pooh, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's very cute. Yes. And um, what about your Patreon page? What's the what's that uh, address? And again, that's patreon.com forward slash piglettish, which is cool. spelled the same, okay. piglet and then ish. Cool. I just want to make sure we got that out there for anybody that wants to sign up for it and support you and stuff. <laughs> Thank you. So, well, guys, uh, we've hit, we've reached the end of the road. So y'all hang in there and we're going to end the show with the song Top Shelf by Brandon Stansel.
And uh, thank you so much for all your support over the past couple of years and for tuning in. And we love you. We'll see you guys next week. We'll see you next week for our 101st episode. Woo! <laughs> see you later.